good morning again, everyone. As um, we get ready to jump into the Word today, right before that, go ahead and grab your bulletin. I just want to direct your attention to a couple of really quick announcements. Uh, the first one is We Are Coastal is coming up on June 12th, right here. And We Are Coastal is our official, official introduction as a church. And I just want to encourage you, if you are new to this church or you've been coming for a while and you're thinking, man, this is my church, then I want to encourage you to come to We Are Coastal. Um, we serve you lunch, child care is provided as well, and it's just really good if you're ready to take your next step into who we are as a church. And also family dedications are coming up. Uh, we dedicate children here, and if you want to take that step for your child, um, you can do that coming up on June 26th. And then Wave Camp is July 18th through the 22nd. Uh, this is pretty much for elementary age students, um, and we want to have this safe, fun environment um, to help share the gospel with elementary age kids this summer. So if you have a kid or if you have a neighbor that would love something like this, this is a great opportunity to get them here so they can have, again, a safe, fun environment, but also be able to grow this summer as well. And then we want to take a moment, we know this has been graduation season, and we just want to take a moment, we want to recognize and also celebrate all of those who are graduating, have graduated, or are about to graduate. So if you're graduating from some form of school, whether that's elementary, middle school, high school, college, graduate school, officer school, if you're graduating from anything, would you just stand up for a moment so we can recognize you? And again, I just want to take a moment and pray for you as well. Awesome. All right, just, just remain standing, okay? Remain standing. Guys, if you notice, Pastor Jerry tried to sit down. Um, and Pastor Jerry graduated with his bachelor's degree as well, and he is 78 years old, and he graduated. Man, hey, don't sit down. Okay, you can sit down if you want. Okay, but the rest of you guys don't sit down. I want to read you this passage in Colossians chapter 3, and I just want to challenge you for a moment, okay? The Apostle Paul says, Above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And he says, be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whatever you end up doing, whatever your next step is, whatever business you start one day, whether you're going to graduate school, what career you choose, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for how you call us and, Lord, how you empower us, Lord, to complete incredible goals. But, Lord, I pray for every single person standing, that in whatever they do, God, however you lead, in word or deed, God, I pray they would do it all for your glory and for your honor. And as they do that, God, I pray that you would bless them and you would encourage them and you would keep them and you would make your face shine upon them. And, God, you would lead them in the way everlasting. God, you would let them to be a light that shines wherever it is that you place them or, God, wherever they choose to go. God, I pray that their lives would be a testimony to just how good and how incredible you are. God, we pray that for them. God, we pray that over them 
In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Church, you were made for such a time as this. Don't let anyone tell you something different. Don't let anyone deceive you that you were not made on purpose to live in this time in 2022. Because right now it would seem like if if you're living in this time, it would seem like so many things are happening opposite of what God wants us to do. But do not be deceived that right now that you were created on purpose to live during this time right now in this time period. Because in the words of the Apostle Paul, many have been blinded by the little G God, the, the, the little G Satan during this time. Many people have been blinded by the truth. Many people have been blinded by the opposite of what God teaches in his word. In fact, during this age, people can't see just how good the gospel is. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, In their case, the God of this world, again, little g God, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeking the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Church, we are to let our lights shine. No matter where it is that God has us, we are to let our lives be lights that shine in the darkness. But have you noticed that right now in our current culture, it seems like there's the influence of sin and evil and things that are opposite of God seems to be increasing right now in our world. See, because of what we believe about Christ and the Bible, the world will increasingly tell you and increasingly try to influence you that what you believe about Jesus, what you believe about his word is outdated. The world will increasingly try to influence you and tell you that what you believe about Christ is outdated, it is bigoted, it is homophobic, it is transphobic, that it is irrelevant right now in our current culture. You will be influenced that the best way to live your life is to look deeper inside of yourself. That the further you look into yourself, that's how you will find true happiness in this life. You will be influenced that what is right And what is good is found by popular opinion or even popular desire. You will be influenced that your identity is found in your followers. It's found in your sexual identity. That it's found in your checkbook or it's found simply in your status. You will be influenced to see that these things opposite of what God tells us is what you really need to do in life. But finding the real you isn't found inside of you. Finding what is right or good isn't found in popular opinions or popular desire. Finding your real identity isn't found in what is broken. It's found in trusting Jesus. We can be influenced by some of the biggest lies and and even the lies that the enemy wants to tell us from the outside. But even we can be deceived or influenced by the lies that we tell ourselves from within. 
That's why I love the fact that we've been in the gospel of James. We've been in, in the book of James, looking how James shows us the truth. And see, it is the truth that will set us free. And James knows that freedom is found when we actually walk the walk and we actually talk the talk. And that's why James lets the church know that he wrote 2,000 years ago. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's letting us know today that it is important for us to look at the lies that we might be, be believing from within, but also the lies that we might be believing from without. In James chapter 1, verse 16, look, James says, do not be deceived. And then in verse 22, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. In verse 16, the word translated deceived right there is the Greek word planau. And it means to be deceived or means to receive deception. And he's talking about the deception that comes from outside, from the world, from the culture, from the enemy himself. Then in verse 22, the word used there that's translated deceiving yourselves, I've been practicing this all week, and I hope I get this Greek word right, but it's the word paralogizame. And it's, a, it's, it's when we believe a lie, and it's a lie that we internalize. He says, it's deceiving yourselves. So he's saying we need to be careful, and he gives this warning that we can be deceived by the world, but we can also be deceived by ourselves. Church, do you know right now that we're not battling against flesh and blood? That there's real spiritual warfare happening right now. Again, the Apostle Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, where he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the, according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have the divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. He says, we destroy, look, every argument, every lofty opinion, every lie, everything that would try to deceive us from within or from without. We want to push against those things. He says, we do that by taking every thought captive to obey Christ. Every single thought we need to take captive and submit it to Christ. That's why all throughout this series, we keep asking ourselves those three questions. You've got to remember what the questions are. Okay, the first question is, what is the? Okay, a couple people have been listening the past couple of weeks, okay? Okay, yeah, what is the lie? What is the lie? We want to ask God, search our hearts. God, know our thoughts. Is there any grievous way within us? Is there any lie that we've been believing right now, whether it's for this season or for the longest time? Whether that's something that we've tried to convince ourselves of or whether it's from outside, from culture, from the world, or any lies that we're believing right now. And the second question is, what is the? Okay, got a little more confident on that one. Yes, what is the truth? Because even if we've lived this lie this in our entire lives, we look back to the truth of God's word. We know that it is his truth that sets us free. Freedom is found, not when we live a lie, but instead we trust the truth of God's word. And the third question is, what is the, that's right, what is the choice? Because every single one of us have a choice. Again, even if there was a lie that we believed and we've lived it our entire lives, if we know the truth, the truth sets us free to make the choice to trust Jesus in everything. 
And see, the problem isn't just that we tell ourselves lies, but it's, choose, it's the fact that we choose to live them, and we can even influence others to do the same. James, the half-brother of Jesus, look, he, he's all about living authentically and influencing others to do the same. But right now, the world is filled with people trying to influence others to do more sinful or even destructive behavior that can lead to influencing people to believe a lie that actually leads to more and more brokenness inside them or around them. You know, John Maxwell, leadership author and pastor, he says that leadership is simply influence. At its core, leadership is influence. And every single one of you this week is going to be influenced by someone or something, but you will also influence someone else. You may not influence millions like some people have as these social media influencers, but you will influence at least one other person this week. So are you going to leverage your influence to show off your own personal opinion? Are you going to leverage your influence simply because it's going to benefit you? Or will you leverage the influence that God will give you this week to be able to help somebody else and also to bring God the glory that he deserves? Church, what we're going to read today in James chapter 1, verse starting in verse 19, this passage is so clear. In fact, I thought about just reading this passage, closing in prayer, so we can all get our chips and salsa a little bit earlier today. But I really do believe that right here, man, God wants to show us how we can leverage our influence for today. And he wants us to leverage our influence for the benefit of others and also for his, also for his glory and for the good of others. James chapter 1, verse 19. Listen to what James writes. He says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. I'm going to go ahead and read that again. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what, it, what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Let's pray together. Father, this is God-breathed. This is so good for us. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, as, as, as you influence us with your word, God, as you lead us and guide us with your truth. God, I pray that you would leverage the influence that you give us, Lord, for the good of others, 
but also, Lord, primarily for your glory. God, help our words and our actions to line up with our deeds. God, help our words and our actions, Lord, to line up with who you are and what it is you're calling us to do. God, I pray today as we go through this one more time, this passage, God, I pray that you would help us to see the truth that indeed sets us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, from this passage, I I believe James shows us several ways that we can be an authentic influencer in whatever circle God has placed you in and to leverage that influence for the good of others and for the glory of God. The first one is, is that I want to challenge you as you influence people around you to don't go at it alone. Don't go at it alone. Listen to what James says right here again in verse 19. He says, know this. My beloved brothers, James is talking to the church here. Now, if if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, and maybe you're listening today, or maybe you're watching online today, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, what we're about to read, it does not apply to you. In fact, if, if... There is the case where if you listen to God's word and you put some of these things into step, even if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, like it's going to benefit your life. But he is not talking to those who have not yet trusted Christ. He is talking to the church. He's talking to the beloved brothers. And in fact, right there in, the, in, in this passage, he's getting ready to give them this exhortation and this admonishment, which means he's, he's getting ready to challenge them but also encourage them to do what God has called them to do. And right here in this passage where it says, the beloved brothers, the root word there, beloved, is the same word that is used in John 3, 16, where it says, for God so loved the world. It's the word agape. It represents this unconditional, powerful, should not be broken type of love. And what James is saying right here is, as he says, beloved brothers, it's a reminder that he was not talking to strangers. He was talking to people who he dearly and desperately cared about. And because he's about to exhort them and admonish them, which means he's about to encourage them and also challenge them and warn them, there is a relationship there. This wasn't a group of strangers that he was writing to. This was a church where he loved them and they loved him. It wasn't a church of people who were strangers to each other, but people who knew each other. I want to challenge you, church, that you would genuinely love the people that God has put into your church. I want to challenge you that you would connect with this church, that this wouldn't be a church of strangers. In fact, I I want to challenge you that in this season, look, if you've been coming to this church even for more than 30 days, I want to challenge you, just like James knew these people so well. Look, he's saying, look, I knew them so well. Like, they had gone all in on relationship with each other. And I want to challenge you to do the same, that you will go all into this church, that you will make this a season where, whether you're still wondering if this is a church for you, that you would dive all in and you would take a step to make this your church home, so that this wouldn't be a church of strangers. In fact, there's three ways that you can do that. Uh, we Are Coastal is coming up. And again, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but on June 12th, it's a chance for you to be able to connect with other people and to see what this church is all about. 
on Wednesday nights, we've been having these things called spiritual formations. And right now we're doing something called Pray Like This. And a group of people are gathering together on Wednesday night to learn how to grow in prayer, but also to connect with each other. I want to challenge you to go all in by serving somewhere. And see, when you serve, it, it isn't a lifetime commitment that we're asking you to do. But if you have not connected yet, if you're not involved anywhere, that you would choose a place to serve. Test drive a ministry for a season. I want to challenge you that you will go all in for as long as God has you here until he moves you on to someplace else. The brothers, he says, the beloved brothers, this is the church. It means that James wasn't alone. And you don't have to be alone. Community matters. Connecting to community matters. And for some of you, this also may mean that right now, you need to even widen the circle in an area of your life that is broken. You know, the Apostle John and uh, the Apostle Paul talk about areas that we need to let God do his work, doing that in community with others, living in harmony with others. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 9, he says, look, whoever says he is in the light, and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And the apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, he says, look, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own eyes, but repay no one for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Some of us have been walking or living in an area of brokenness for so long. And Jesus is saying here, God's word is saying here that sometimes we need to step into community with people so God can shine his light on what's been broken so we can find healing. So sometimes that simply means that we need to widen the circle and we need to go all into community with people so that the brokenness in our lives doesn't continue. But instead we find the truth that's found in freedom with Christ. You want to see your influence be leveraged for the good of others and the glory of God? Don't go at it alone. Step into community. Go all in in this season until God calls you somewhere else. Second way to leverage your influence is to listen and listen again. To listen and listen again. This is what James says in verse 19. He says, look, he says, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I, I, again, I want you to help me to, to drive this truth down deep into the people sitting next to you. So I want you to look at the person sitting next to you, and I want you to say to them, look, he's talking about you. Now turn to the person who's your second choice and say, look, especially you, Okay. Now slap them one time. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, man, some of you guys were really, really quick to hurt somebody sitting next to you. James is saying here, and he's talking to the church. And again, this is so clear, church. I, I don't know if I even need to expand on this, but I, I will give you just maybe two quick thoughts on this. So he says, let every person, 
Let every one. And you want to know what that phrase in the original language means? Everyone. It's every single person. He says, look, let everyone be quick to listen and slow to speak. This is something where the church should be leading the way. Now, again, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, this doesn't apply to you. You can be quick to talk, quick to anger. You can be that way because there's no restriction on that, but God is giving us a healthy restriction here as followers of Jesus. And we as a church, we need to be the ones setting the example, letting our lights shine in the darkness, that we will be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. You know, I think one of the things that broke my heart the most about the mass shootings that happened in Buffalo, um, where people were killed simply because of the color of their skin, or what happened in Uvalde, Texas, where all those innocent children were killed, and then even just this past week in Oklahoma at that hospital, uh, I think the thing that broke my heart the most is that so many people didn't even give these people time to grieve. They immediately went to their talking points or their political affiliations. And what scripture has called us to do is to be slow to speak and quick to listen. What it has called us to do is to mourn with those who mourn and to be the people who are constant in prayer. And I want you to know that in this day and age, this doesn't just apply to our ears and our mouths, but it involves your fingertips as well. When it comes to how we post things on social media, it's so easy, again, just to shoot off a quick reply, to reshare something, but are we being quick to listen and slow to speak? Are we mourning with those who mourn? Are we the people who are being constant in prayer? Are we jumping to conclusions like the rest of the world? Are we taking time to see, man, what is God even calling us to do right now in this moment? How can we actually help minister to people instead? You know, leaders are listeners and influencers who want to work toward the good of others and glorify God are intentional about being slow to speak and slow to become angry. You know, I wonder if the writer of Proverbs knew what was going to be happening in 2022 when, when he wrote this, when he says, look, a fool gives vent to his spirit, but a wise man, a wise person, a wise man quietly holds it back. Every single one of us who have trusted Jesus as Lord, we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You also leverage your influence when you submit yourself to Christ's authority. When we make it a priority to submit to Christ's authority, we actually leverage the influence around us. You remember how I said last week that James, one of the reasons why I love James, because he gets all up in your business? Well, he's about to get even more all up in your business. Listen to how it continues here in verse 20. He says, look, for the, the anger of man, look, it, it does not produce the righteousness of God. He says, therefore, because of that, if you're being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, but he says, look, if anger is rising up in you, uh, if you're following God, he says, as a result of all these things that we've talked about in James chapter 1, he says, therefore, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls." You know, I, I keep hearing this phrase lately, and, and maybe it's just a cry of culture right now, but I keep hearing phrases like, live your truth, find yourself. 
I'm just being my true self. But that's the lie, though. Because our true self is a sinful self. The truth is apart from God, we can do nothing. The truth is that apart from God, we are not who we're supposed to be. Sinfulness builds brokenness. Man, godliness builds righteousness. And James here, he uses anger as this natural progression. Look, when we are quick to speak, you don't listen to the beloved brothers. You don't listen to the word of God. It leads to these fits of anger he's talking about right here. So here's a question for you right now to see if you're submitting to the authority of Christ. Are you, respend, are you responding with anger often? You know, we talked last week about when patterns are building up in your life. Right now in your life, is your first response, your natural response, is it anger? Because anger is an indicator that something in us is broken. And this is a pattern of not listening, being quick-tempered. This quick-temperedness is building in your life. James is saying, look, this is actually leading into more brokenness, filthiness, and even rampant wickedness. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, I... I, I will go through seasons where um, it's almost like I'll, I'll become quick-tempered in my household. And again, it's not, it's not the way that God has wired me. Uh, I, I believe God has even called me to be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper, but a peacemaker, one who actually helps people find peace in Christ, peace in their relationships. I believe God's really gifted me in that way. In fact, as you talk to me, oftentimes I'm pretty even keel, um, pretty calm, most of the time, but there are seasons where I feel like there's some quick temperedness growing in me. And recently in my home, um, I entered into a season of that. Sometimes it's when I'm tired. Uh, Sometimes it's when there's a bunch of things going on in life, and there's still no excuse for it. But again, I'm trying to identify the pattern so I can let the Holy Spirit do his work in me to change me and to conform me to the image of Christ. And there was this season just a couple of weeks ago where every time my kids would maybe say something, I was really quick-tempered with them. If they were doing something wrong, it was immediately, stop doing that, what's wrong with you? Like immediately pushing back against what they were saying. And one of the things that I love about my wife, you're going to think I'm making a joke, but I'm not making a joke. But when 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 she sees me in my mess, she calls out my mess. Uh, every single Saturday night, like we have times during the week when we pray together, but every single Saturday night is a dedicated time. We put the kids to bed, and then we have a long list of people we're praying for, man, circumstances we're praying for, and we pray together. And right before that prayer, my wife told me, have you noticed that you're becoming more short-tempered with the children? And my first thought when she called out my mess in that moment, my first thought was, do you know how lucky those children are to have me as their dad. My second thought was, do you know how lucky you are to have me as a husband? But again, God's working on me. And immediately, the Holy, it's like the Holy Spirit said, do you know how lucky it is I continually give you grace when you mess up all the time? Do you know how patient I am with you? So as we prayed, I repented of that. And ask the Lord again to change my heart. Because at the end of the day, look, I want to be the number one, if not the main influencer outside of Christ in my children's lives. 
And I don't want him to see a pattern of anger or bitterness growing in our household because all that's going to lead to is rampant wickedness and people further away from God. But I want him to see the overflow of what God is doing in my life, what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. And so repenting of that and changing direction is so important, church. And look, James says, look, if, if this is a pattern growing in your life right now, it is a warning sign. If you're responding to everything, whether it's online, in your home, at work, with anger, you need to take some time and let God do some work in your heart. You need to take some time and get some counseling, some of the beloved brothers around you, so that this does not become a pattern. In fact, James says, look, he says, put it away. Submit it to Christ. Submit to the word of God. He says, look, submit to this implanted word because it is able to save your souls. Now, he's not talking about saving your souls here from the penalty of sin because Jesus did that. And see, the good news is, is that, look, God does have a design for your life. He has a plan for your life. But the problem is that all of us are born with this problem of sin. And sin continues to lead us to further and further to a place of brokenness to eventually we'll spend eternity apart from God. But see, the good news, no matter what that sin is, no matter who you are, Jesus, who is God, came into this earth. He died on the cross and he bodily rose three days later, conquering sin, conquering death, conquering the grave. So no matter what comes across our way, we can overcome because of Jesus. And all you have to do is to repent of that sin, turn to Jesus, and to trust him as Lord. So look, James look, is reminding us here of the goodness of the gospel, but he's not talking about saving your soul from, from the penalty of sin in this moment. Because remember, he's talking to the church. He's talking to those who have already trusted Christ. So it's not freedom from the penalty of sin because Jesus has already did that. But what he's talking about here is freedom from the power of sin. That sin will not have a stronghold on you. But instead, it is the truth. It is the implanted word of God that does. In fact, the Apostle Paul, he uses some similar and very strong language in Colossians chapter 3, where he says, look, James says, put it away. The Apostle Paul says, put to death. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked. Again, this is the way you were before. This is no longer your identity. If these patterns are growing in your life, that is not who God has called you to be. He says, in these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Church, are any of these things growing in your life right now? I want to challenge you. Like James was challenging this church 2,000 years ago. I want to challenge you that you would put it away, that you would even put it to death, and you would submit to Christ. 
that you would submit whatever that growing pattern is in your life to him. It is not too late to receive his grace, even if you've been following this pattern forever. You can submit it to him. Last way that you can leverage your influence for the good of others and for the glory of God is to reject passivity and move toward action. To reject passivity and move toward action. You know, Christianity is not a passive faith. It is one that involves action. You're not born into it, but you are born again into it. We don't just meditate on these things and move on. We follow what God's word has said. We don't, we don't just receive the word, but we respond to it. We are quick to listen. We are slow to speak, but we do speak the truth in love and with grace. In fact, here's just a couple ways that James gives us that we can reject passivity and move toward action. I know there's two on your note sheet there, but throughout this week, I added two more, okay? So get ready to write these down. Uh, The first way is to be doers of the word. Look, James says in verse 22, he says, look, be doers of the word, not just hearers. And yes, it is true that we are to be quick to listen and slow to speak, but it's also that we need to be quick to listen to the word of God and let it come into our lives. And that means that we actually actively listen to God's word. We don't just meditate on it, but we respond to it. If there's an action that God's called us to do, like we step into it and we move toward action, putting these things into practice. We are also to help people find freedom. Look, in verse 25, he talks about how this is the law of liberty. Again, right now, the people that he's put in your life and around your life, you can influence them to do everything else, or you can help them try to find true freedom that comes from knowing Christ. Church, you can use your platform to help point people to Jesus. You can pray in public. You can share the gospel. Uh, you can share scripture and what God and what, whatever it is that God's doing in your life right now on your social media platforms to let people know who it is that's ultimately influencing you so you can also help them see the grace that comes from knowing Jesus. You can also hold your tongue. In verse 26, James says, look, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. A tongue that is unrestrained can be highly destructive and an instrument of deception. Man, the writer of Proverbs in Proverbs chapter 10, he says, look, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is wise, is prudent. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3, he says, look, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens it wide, his lips come to ruin. And again, church, in 2022, this goes for your fingers as well. Before you shoot off the text, before you make the post, pause for a moment. You may need to hold your tongue or even hold your fingers if it's going to produce more anger and lead people further away from God. James also says, look, to reject passivity, we need to care for others in their affliction. Now, right here in verse 27, he gets so specific. He says, look, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, 
to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. He's pretty much saying, look, serve others and be generous to others. And the word translated religion right there, look, it is these, it is, it is this out, it means this outward practice to the service of God. In fact, it's only used five times in the New Testament and it's actually connected to the word worship. See, pure religion means that we don't just meditate and we don't just pontif- pontificate. But pure religion means that we actually practice God's word and we share it with others. And through our words, our service, we separate ourselves from the world and we stay aligned with Christ. This week, you are going to meet someone who is in affliction. What are you going to do? Will you ignore them because they don't benefit you? Or will you care for them in their pain? Will you pray for them, serve them, even give to them so they can be, so they can experience or even be influenced by the grace of God working through you? Church, this week you will influence someone, but will you leverage your influence for the good of yourself or will it be for the good of others and for the glory of God? And as our worship team goes and makes their way back up to the stage, I just want to talk to the person in the room for a moment who's maybe not yet a follower of Jesus. I just really want to challenge you that in this season, look, God has been trying to influence you. He's been after your heart. And maybe today is the day that you would surrender your life to him. Look, Jesus cares about you and he loves you. And he does have a plan and a purpose for your life. And maybe you've been looking to all these other influences, trying to find hope, trying to find the peace that you've been looking for, but is not found in anyone else but Jesus. So would you make today the day that you surrender to Jesus and today the day that you trust him as Lord? In fact, aren't you going to bow your heads and close your eyes? And that's you today. You're ready to ask Jesus to be the Lord and leader of your life. Right there where you are, would you just pray this simple prayer? Would you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, today, influence the rest of my life. I trust you as God. I trust you as Savior. Jesus, lead me. And for the rest of us who are sitting in this room, I just want to pray for you. Because I know that this week, look, someone's going to come into your life. You're going to have the chance to influence someone else. Will you leverage it for your own benefit? Or will you even ignore someone because they don't benefit you? Or instead, will you look at what God has called you to do? Will you look at how he's called you to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry? Would you let God leverage the influence that he's put in your life to be something that benefits others and brings glory to him? Father God, thank you again for your word. And God, I I do pray that we would be a church that leads the way in this. God, that whenever something happens in our lives, God, we wouldn't move immediately to just, God, what everyone else is doing. But instead, Lord, we would be quick to listen to you again. God, that we would slow down enough to listen to your spirit, listen to your word. God, what it is you're calling us to do. God, help us to always speak the truth with truth and grace. God, help us to be a people that do that. 
And God, whoever you put across our path this week, God, I pray that as we talk to them, God, the circles that we sit in at school, at work, in our family, God, I pray as we look to help lead other people, you've given us influence. God, I pray that we wouldn't leverage it just for our own good, but instead for their good and for your glory. God, in all these things, again, Lord, we trust you and we lay them at the feet, God, because we want this life, Lord, this real life to be all about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's stand and sing one more song.